This is CliffCentral.com. Yes, 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 yes. As we always do on Frankly Speaking, starting with something very, very nice and interesting. Dumelang Rorisang. Yo, Andrew Levy. How are you, my friend? I'm fluey. You, you, I can you know hear. why. I can hear. You know why? why? You gave this to me. <laughs> <laughs> you did this. Don't do that. No, you, you no, did this. don't do that. Now I feel horrible. Why? Why are you gonna blame me? No, my 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 cells were like this. This comes from a white guy that's confused about his black or white, and we we can't recognize this. Uh, you're on your own. We reject it. We, uh, we reject uh, all communication. The red blood cells tried to fight it. The white blood cells were like, um, oh, like man, Richard I'm Pryor. So sorry. Like Richard Pryor said, "Fuck it." <laughs> I'm sorry, man. We're out of here. I'm sorry, man. So you, so you're feeling horrible. Horrible. It is winter in South Africa. It is cold. It's uh, Johannesburg is at a, a very cold, like four degrees in the morning. So, yeah. and and you, I see your body is changing because you're gymming now. So you know, it's it's all these new no, changes Andrew, for you. Don't reveal such things to people out there. What's wrong with you? <laughs> What's wrong? What did I do? You're revealing my private parts. <laughs> Hello, welcome to the show. It's frankly speaking, one hour of uh, a Rory, sick Rory and, uh, and Andrew. We're going to be taking you through the black narrative this morning. Um, this is an interesting topic. And Rory, thank you. I know you couldn't let me do the show by myself. It just wouldn't be right. <laughs> That's you know? why I'm here. That's I'm why you're supposed yeah. to be on sick leave. <laughs> I like, uh, it's going to be a bit odd for a white guy to be doing a show on blacks on his own. So let's, <laughs> let me come and at least give some credibility to this. At least try. This, uh, at least try. <laughs> We're going to be speaking about the black narrative, what it is, uh, what it means uh, in 2016, 22 years uh, after democracy. And uh, how are... Black people dealing with this narrative. Is it something to be dealt with? Uh, so there's a whole bunch of questions behind this. We're going to be speaking to Polisa Diashana. He is uh, the ECD and director of uh, Joe Public. Also got Shaka Sizulu on the line. Um, he's always he's always talking about narratives, I suppose. This guy is a storyteller. So we want to hear from him as well. Rory, but before we get into those, those guys and girls, uh, talk to me about your own feelings about... What is the black narrative in your mind? So anyone out there would be forgiven for not understanding what we're talking about. It took me a long time to figure I'm, out. I'm battling with this as well, to be honest. I brought Andrew, this topic here. What Andrew is about <laughs> is talking about black narrative. What do you mean black narrative? Um, but eventually I think uh, I get where he's trying to get us to, which is uh, are black people under pressure to live up to a certain black identity? Um Excuse me, which then which then limits uh, their ability to to self-express, or are we are we born black, right? So you can understand cultural identity, you can understand Zulu identity, maybe you can understand Kosa identity, being a Soto identity, and so on. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. but this universal black identity that that would assume that me being black in South Africa and a black guy in the U.S. and so on somehow we are connected somehow, right? And uh, those 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 people that do not want to live up to the so-called identity get 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 ostracized. They they get called coconuts. Um, we recently had Sitler, and uh, you know how I feel about him. Well, what do you feel about him? Because ah, oh, jeez, don't get me started no, on that guy. Again. I, I want to know about this guy because so he decides to go and raise money and be the face and the black voice for. Uh, for this fundraising campaign for this waitress. Mm. Uh, and in many ways, he went against uh, the grain of what many black people were feeling. So mm-hmm. the question is, uh, is he, is he a hero for standing up for what he felt? Or is there, 
uh, is there black identity that he betrayed uh, or black narrative which he betrayed um, by by getting involved? So that's the question we want to ask. Is there such thing as a black uh, identity that everybody, every black person needs to uphold or are we just all free to be ourselves? Let's bring in uh, Kalisa here. Uh, Kalisa, good morning to you. Good morning. Wait, hold on a second. Hold on a second. So let's try that again. Good morning. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. There we go. You know, I always get confused which I'm, I'm dyslexic or just retarded because I'm like, it says Mike one, two, three, four, and I always get it wrong. Can here. you be so both? Probably, yes. <laughs> but then that would be dyslexic so still something like that. Well, you you're in the, the creative world, um, a big wig in the advertising agencies. You wouldn't call yourself that, but I call you that. Um <laughs> This, yes, this I wouldn't I- call myself a wig. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this idea of the black narrative, where, where does it originate from in South Africa? What, what is it? Like, I think th- that's probably the starting point. You know, it's, um, I'm with Rory on this one. It's, it's, it's difficult to actually... I'm not sure I even agree with the whole notion of it. And, but I can understand from whence it comes because I think, I think there is a particular history that black people have i think there's a particular upbringing there's a particular way that black people were treated in this country and therefore i think the system almost created a a a a uniform black narrative if you will Mm. that black people didn't choose they just had Mm. and i think what's interesting as we as as we venture forward um now that we're in our years of democracy is what 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 we've got to? I I almost feel like we've got to dissect it, and 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 to really decide whether it's it's a black narrative or whether there are common struggles that we share, because for me the the, the difficulty with any with anything that is I I, I don't like being grouped mm-hmm. because I feel um it, it you know it it kind of goes against self expression. And, and, and I think we've got to be very careful. Sometimes, you know, you'll have the likes of the gentleman you were talking about earlier. Um, and, and I may not agree with what he did, but what's interesting is that a betrayal of the black narrative, mm. or is that just his personal opinion? Mm. And, and, and I think that's what we've got to, I, I, I'm, I'm afraid that we're gonna, we're going from one type of chains. To another type of chains, if we're mm. saying that all of us have kind of like got to toe the line, the mm. black narrative line. Mm-hmm. Rory, like I want to bring in on what police is saying because you did feel something towards Cecilia that you didn't feel towards our friends Roman and I can't even remember that guy's name. Yeah, so uh, not no disrespect, I just I seriously can't remember. But you know what I mean. Yeah, no, I think it's so. There is a sense. So what 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 Kolele is saying is very true, right? We Kolisa, I'm sorry, Kolisa. Oh, good, bro. Um, <coughs> I'm drugged. <laughs> um, uh, I think what 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 Kolisa is saying is very true, right? That uh, we we there is this thing of wanting to be collectivist and so on and so on, but and as an individual. But if you take our historical context mm. into light, uh, it almost doesn't allow you to do that. Uh, too many people, and I think this is, it's linked to the fact that for you to be this black person who feels free and, and, and open and so on, you are, there are a lot of people who had to die for that. And many people, many of those people were black. 
and they died for you to have this freedom to decide that you don't want to be black in inverted commas. Mm. Uh, and so there's almost you're born with this debt that you this historical debt that you you had no part of. I guess it's the same thing as white people saying I wasn't an apartheid. Why am I carrying the guilt? Similarly, I think there's a sense of there's a sense of responsibility about just being black and carrying that legacy of the people who carried you, who who died for the freedom that you now use. So that's the thing. I think for me, Sitle. It wasn't just a matter of he fundraised. It was with the attitude with which he had fundraised and so on, right? Which was, it was like, ouch! You, you are you are separating yourself from a large, a broader context. But then I guess the question is, why does he have to be married to that context? Well, well it's interesting what you're saying. There's almost like a responsibility, isn't there? Um, and maybe maybe it's it's not. Maybe if you rephrase it, maybe it's not a narrative. Uh, a black narrative maybe it's a black responsibility that you have to stand up for certain things and that gets confused within within a black narrative but i think the question is do you do you really have i have to no stand idea i can't i can't everything. talk like that maybe it's to you guys do you guys well let me that? let me ask you a question maybe is there a white narrative Definitely. that you have to live up to live up to so so it's different in this perspective is there a white narrative yes do I oppose that one narrative? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, but, but, but would you be under pressure of saying, oh no, Andrew, now you're, now you're acting, now that, now you're acting black. And it's unacceptable. Do you, would that, would that happen? I think that the, there are a lot of, uh, white people that'll be like, oh, you're trying to be black. So that's the kind of narrative that, that, that white people have. Oh, you're trying to be black. So, Meaning that there is a narrative that is white and you're going opposed to that. Mm. Um, so that is my feeling. Um, but this, this black narrative thing for me is very interesting because, you know, Colisa, in the creative industry, we see huge problems with it in terms of the way in which we storytell. Um, maybe touch on that a little bit in terms of how you feel about the stories that are being told on behalf of black people from the creative industry. Do you think it's a problem? Maybe let's start there. I think I think I think I think the creative industry's problem is that we are not transformed. I think <clears throat> I think that's the bigger problem. And I think that the people that have been telling the stories for a very long time have been of a particular hue. White. Indeed. <laughs> Do I have and to say all the PC things? There we go, there we go. <laughs> So, but 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 I think having said that, I think there is a lot of changes that we are now seeing in the industry. I think anyone who says we are where we were 20 years ago, just even in, in, in the context of who's actually creating the work, mm. um, we're not where we were. And I, and I think a lot of the stories that are being told are being told um, by people that have lived the experience, people that live the experience. And, 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 and so f I find that our work is a lot more nuanced. I, I find that you know, it, we've got less, much less of, of, of the naive stuff that we used to see. But what I do find interesting, and this is where, you know, uh, in the context of today's conversation, I always find it interesting that because of this uh, inverted commas black narrative thing, or this is how black people are, 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 are supposed to be portrayed, I find that there is a there is a big job that we've got to do around people and their opinions. And the fact that people need to understand that how they consume 
creative things, whether it's art, whether it's music, whatever. It is a it is a highly subjective thing, and I think there is something that, as a populace, we need to understand. In the context of, I may not like that, but that doesn't mean that that's anti-black. I mm. just don't like it. That joke's just not funny to me. And I still find us really often, 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 in fact, more often than not, slipping into this thing where we want to speak on behalf of black people when we don't like something. Mm. And, 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 and there, there is an assumption that comes with that. And that assumption is that, well, this was probably created by white people. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and what I find interesting in that kind of, uh, of, of, of happening that I see within my industry is that a lot of this kind of, of, of speaking and a lot of these kind of statements are actually discouraging the very people that these people think they are encouraging. Mm-hmm. So you'll have a young black team that will create a piece of communication. Um, you know, it, it will be, it will be steeped in, in nuances from where they come from. You know, there's a lot of people that will say to you, why does it have to always be these fancy cars? Let's have it in a taxi because that's our reality. That's how I get to work. And you do that kind of an execution. Then, then, and then someone comes and speaks to it, but they speak to it to say, why do these ads show taxis and not the fancy cars? Can't we ride in the fancy cars? So mm-hmm. as you can see, it really gets muddled. And I think there's a huge step forward that we need to take as a people that we really start to understand what is our opinion and, and, and just get to understand it as that and not necessarily this big statement around what it is to be black. Because what we're seeing within this conversation that we're having is that, you know, you, we're not a homo- homogenous group. You know, we are individuals. We've got different things that we like. We've got different backgrounds, etc. Polisa, you, you're an executive creative director at Joe Public. Yes, so, so it's an advertising agency. Mm-hmm. Um, I imagine you, you spend a lot of time with corporates and so on just discussing segmentation, market segmentation. Indeed. To what extent does the fact that a market is black still play a role? Or, or are we now at a stage where what you're saying, where it's more about, no, they're just people who've got certain interests, mm-hmm. be they black or white, mm-hmm. um, and irrespective of, of, of their color? How, how, what is the reality on, on the ground, so to speak? So the reality on the ground is that I think first and foremost, we, you know, just from a marketing point of view, there is a lot more focused that and this is this is you know if you will this is very economical mm. for the marketers you know you you look at where's the spending power of the country etc and a lot of marketers are having to look at this mass market that they probably took for granted in the past mm. but what we as communications groups try and do is that we are trying to make sure that when they say to us that this is the market that we want to target we've got the right uh resource that can a understand the market and B, speak to the market and create work that speaks to the market. So I think there's more pressure on that now than there's ever been. And hence there is more, uh, you've got, you've got more work that is being created by black creatives. Um, you've got, and, 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 and trust me, anything that I say, I, I want to make it very clear. It's not near where it needs to be, mm-hmm. but it's more than where it's been. Mm-hmm. And that's very important for me. Uh, you've got black production companies. You've got all of these things. Um, and I get the feeling that this conversation is going to slide down another 
because because <laughs> because Andrew knows what's going on in our industry. But I but but, but to your point, Rory, there is a lot more focus that is being placed on this, and 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 clients are having to wake up to it. Agencies are having to wake up to it. So I think I think we're a lot further than we were, but we've still got such a long way to go. Mm. I think another question that that comes up is that anyone that's listening to us, um, let's say of those that carry the banner of blackness. Mm. Would come in here and accuse us of saying, you know, it took us so long to to own our identity. Now you're essentially telling black people, no, let this identity go and be yourself in inverted commas. Then mm. the question becomes, what shapes self? What what is it that shapes my identity? Then if 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 I don't if I'm not black, then what is it that I should look at as a reference point mm. to 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 being myself? Mm. Uh, and and given the heroes that we've been raised. With in South Africa and so on, where else do I look except in the political space and the even the arts were were heavily influenced. Muhammad Ali died uh, this past week, and 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 even his boxing yeah. uh, was not separate from his blackness. Mm. So, where do I look for for self outside of this context? Just quickly before you go, Andrew, you know what's interesting to me is that once again, I I don't for me personally. My being an individual, a big part of me being an individual is the fact that I am a black individual. Mm. Now, I'm proud of that and I carry that wherever I go. Mm. But what I'm trying to, or, 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 or what really starts to disturb me is when we then, based on the fact that you're black, then you have to stand for this and you have to stand for that and you have to stand for this. So my identity is therefore manufactured. Mm. And I'm saying that we can all be black. Muhammad Ali was black. Mm. Muhammad Ali had a, had a, had a penchant for boxing mm. and for spoken word. And he was allowed to live that. He was, there, he's very in, in individualistic in the way that he lived his life. Mm. And yet the one thing that he never denied was his blackness. So for me, that's important. Mm. Um, but, but at the same time, to your point, you know, it's really hard to ascribe this to a lot. Of, I mean, then we get to the subject of youth, you know, and, and in terms of, I mean, the kind of, of, of memory structure that we have in terms of our past mm. and our youth are, are, are being born into a different world where they're playing with their white friends at school mm. and all of those things. And to what extent, you know, do, 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 do you, do you, do you, do you almost, what's the word? Do you, do, do you beat them into line, mm. <laughs> you know, and, 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 and remind them. But and, and, and I think there's a healthy balance there. I think that I think that just like any Jewish kid, any any kid, you know, you, you, you get to know what your background is, you know, you get to know what your past is. But I think we've got to do that, but at the same time give them the freedom to be themselves. To question, right? Yeah. We're speaking to Kolisa Diashana about um black narrative here on Frankly Speaking. What is a black narrative? Do do black people feel like they need to subscribe to this kind of Story and who is telling the story and where is the stereotype coming from? Um, does it even exist? You know, the one thing that, that just listening to both of you speak, um, Olisa, you spoke about you are a black man. What are some of the black truths that run through you, through a young black female, through an older black male? Like, what are those commonalities that, um, that are part of everyone's story who is black? In South Africa specifically now I'm talking about. Gee, Sandra, there's a lot, eh? 
I, I, I think that there is actually a lot and, and, and obviously linked to the history. But I think, you know, um, the fact that we didn't have access to so many things in the past. So my education story is a very specific one. Mm. Um, you know, that's how you have the, the concepts like black tax where, you know, in, in so many families, the, you are, one of the first, if not the first generation, you are probably out of your whole family. In my case, I'm the first kid to go to a Model C school uh, in my family. And therefore, whenever you make something of yourself, um, what is expected is that you give back. Um, you know, we are not trust fund babies. Um, you know, there was no future that was planned out that you would have A, B, and C by the time when you get to 18 um, you know, I, I know very few black people who, when they got to 18, got their first car key, for instance, <laughs> you know, and, 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 and therefore it plays itself out in, 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 in so many different ways. Um, and, 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 and I just think, you know, that for me, and, 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 and I, I wanted to touch on this point because, you know, if things offend us, um, there are certain things and that's where I think, you know, we're allowed to speak up. If certain things offend us, here's a perfect example. There was um, there was the issue last week about the duck. Oh, yes. You yes, know, yes. there was the issue last week about the duck. Explain, explain to people who might not have heard of it who are living under a cave. Oh. God, I, I'm, I'm afraid. <laughs> not I'm even afraid. in a cave. They're living I'm under afraid. a cave. Rory, maybe you know it better than I, <laughs> but I, I, I really caught it like a, just... So I think uh, one, one news agency um, refused to show a, a clip where one of their reporters was wearing a duck because they felt it was... For not, Africa Day celebrations, not, yeah, for, yes. it was not professional, right? Um, and then there was a big revolt against that, and it was called a duck protest, or what was it? Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't Whatever know what the hashtag was. was. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, the dookie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that you see, and and you see, that's that's minus ten points for our blackness for not knowing what it was called. You see, it was a big day. You, see, you know what I mean? It was a big thing. It's a big thing in well, the I'm, black community. To be honest, I've already minus points from you, Rory. So, <laughs> <laughs> but carry on with your story. Sorry, but 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 you see what I mean there. Now, now for me, that that's very important because. We trust me. We still have a struggle to fight, mm -hmm. and that's why I think, um, to Rory's point, you sometimes you, you, it's such a fine line to play. Sometimes, when you know it's between your individuality, but also the kind of 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 statements or narratives that could actually take us backwards, mm. um, because there's certain things that are around freedom and dignity and all of those things that we all still need to stand up for together. And, and, and to make strong statements around, no, you will not disrespect me by calling my culture unprofessional. Um, you know, I remember when I went to school, we had a similar thing where, where, um, the in thing for the white kids was what you call short back and sides. And, you know, all those kind <laughs> of, of decent haircuts. We called it German cut, by the way. <laughs> yes. Um, and, but, but, but the one thing that was not allowed for the white kids, was um, was for them to shave their hair. Now, Andrew, because people can't see us out there, please can you talk about Rory and I's chosen hairstyle because we want to be dignified since we're coming to Cliff Central. <laughs> <laughs> well, both of you have got such a nice haircut. I mean, it's it's very. Uh, I mean, what what do you want me to say? Yeah, it's, it's just beautiful. It's short. It's short. Yeah, short exactly. back inside. <laughs> it's not even short back inside. It's, it's shaven. Short, yeah, short, yeah, yeah. Top, short top inside. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So for, so for us, there's a certain there's a certain cultural context to shaven hair. You know, it's how we look neat. It's how we look dignified. 
and 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 because <laughs> the inverted commas white narrative mm-hmm. was the narrative of the day there was no place for us in that and 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 essentially we were leaving our schools going to theirs mm-hmm. and therefore we had to toe the line there mm-hmm. and 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 those are the kind of things that we're talking about because when you really think about it this is south africa you should be allowed to to represent yourself in a way that's culturally acceptable here's an interesting point because um you know we we we've spoken numerous times on this platform rory about this idea of corporate south africa and it being predominantly still white owned uh white capital we've spoken about before um but there is something in what you're saying, Kolisa, about this idea of going into models, former Model C schools or private schools in modern day now mm-hmm. or, or these corporates that are traditionally white-owned or not transformed mm-hmm. and losing yourself as a black person, mm-hmm. losing that narrative that you're speaking about mm-hmm. um, to try and fit in in inverted commas. Isn't that something that is part of the narrative, which is this, this idea of, well, I am this, this and this, and I have to then give that all up that story to become i don't know watered down black version slash black white you know mm, i think it's so sorry that's a very weird question i know it's a bit no, convoluted but, 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 but I, I get it i think and the, and there is a conversation worth having about how uh there's a culture shock amongst black people moving into the corporate space and the question is in whose image have we built these corporates? Mm. And, and, and as a result, what does that require me to leave behind or at the door when I come in? A white person and a black person, do they have to leave behind equal amounts of themselves when they step into the door? And, and then you expect the black person to behave or to perform at his peak, having left so much of himself mm. uh, at the door. So, so there is a question, but then again, it almost contradicts what, what, what we've been saying about individualism to say, no, but there isn't a black, a black identity that you're carrying. There's just you, right? Or are there aspects that are specifically that this is just because you're black, this is part of your identity, and this is something that has to be brought in, but there's no space for it in the workplace. Speaking to Model C schools, we grew up, you weren't allowed to speak your home language, as they would say. Mm-hmm. So so at school, you weren't allowed to speak your home language, but you could speak English, you could speak Afrikaans, home languages to white people, right? So, so there is the sense where you're constantly having to let go of a lot of yourself in order to fit into, as Kolisa said, even the haircuts into what is regarded as professional and so on. So I think then there is a question to say, to what extent, and and Kolisa, you you run, uh, you're part of leading a a company, which is is, uh, the largest independent uh, creative agency, I think, in South Africa, right? So so you, you know these things. To what extent do we begin to shape those environments to... To be more accepting of all of those things, or, or is it a non-issue? <clears throat> I think I think it's a huge issue, and um, you know it goes down right down to the issue of recruitment. Mm. You know, I once heard a a wonderful story from, and yeah, maybe let me just tell it. I, I heard this story <laughs> from um, when when our wonderful South African who's gone over to the U.S to go and head up the daily show. So when he was looking for um, one of the things that he wanted on his team, being a black South African and coming from our environment, one of the things that he really wanted for his team is he wanted a diverse team of people. And, and, and so, um, and, and I think if you watch the show now, you, you, you can see that reflected. 
But one of the interesting stories that he tells is how he was looking for a black comedian. Um, and, and he wanted that comedian to be part of his correspondence team. And he says he, you know, he spoke to all the agents, they sent out the memo and they went out to, you know, they went out to all the different agents. And I think they got something like, I think they got something like 8,000 or so um, applicants, but out of which probably about three were black. And he just didn't understand it. He said, you know, he thought to himself, I mean, this is one of the biggest jobs in the U.S. Why don't black people want it? Mm. And, and, and he says it was until one day when he was on his usual, he goes club hopping, comedy club hopping. And he went to this one comedy club in Brooklyn, I think it was. And he says he got there and he says the first thing that happened is that all the black comedians were so happy to see him. And they and they all said to him, yo, 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 Trevor, yo, yo, you got to put us on, right? You're going to let us know when you've got some space for some black brothers up in there. Mm. And he was like, no, but we put out the whole thing mm. for the last month mm. and none of you guys applied. Mm. He's like, yo, man, we ain't got no agents. That's not how, how, how we get mm. this gig. Mm. And we thought that you weren't looking for us. So, 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 so therein lies the point that it goes right down to even the way that you recruit people. You know, a lot of agencies will tell you that, you know, we're not finding the black talent and mm. all of those things. And, and for me, it's all about first and foremost, where are you looking? Mm. And it's so complex when you look at this issue because then you go down to the issue of schools. You know, in our entire syllabus, we've got one school. Sorry, we've got one subject that's that's dedicated to a child with an artistic mind. And that's in the fanciest of schools. So if you're a child who's growing up in the Lokshan, there is no subject for you to you know, to develop your artistic side. And 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 and, and somehow we've got to get people so so it's an extremely complex um situation. There is a part for all stakeholders to play. Um, which is why, personally, I don't believe that the solution is 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 just legislation. There is a lot that the government can also do um, in terms of let, let, let's transform our education system. Mm. You know, um, you've you've then got a bigger issue of of awareness. You know, when our parents grew up, the only jobs that were guaranteed to get you dignity and money was, you know, being a lawyer being a doctor and all of those. Now you come back to your parents and you tell them that you want to work at Cliff Central. Really? <laughs> you know what I mean? So, 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 so that black child is, is not free to do what it is that that child wants. And then for me, the end of it is, 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 well, not the end of it, but then the next step of it is when they get to corporate. And that's why Rory, to answer your question, my, my big thing is, so, so that's where I do think that legislation plays a big part. But I also think, you know, being a child who grew up in a Methodist home, we say be bright in the corner where you are. Mm. So within my company, what is it that I can do to make sure that the environment is welcoming to every single person, no matter what their sexual orientation, no matter what they race, no matter what their background? We've all got a role to play to actually make sure that that happens. Because to your point, you cannot, you cannot operate at your maximum if you leave so much of yourself behind. Mm. Mm. It's 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 quite interesting. I want to bring a physical, a real example to the table, right? So, mm. Musi Maimani, mm. <clears throat> it in many respects offends 
the senses as far as the, the, the common black narrative. I put it in inverted commas. Yes. Right? We've uh, all been doing that throughout. I hope, I hope, I hope Andrew's getting the hint. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm so, learning, so he guys. I'm learning, he's yeah. married to a white woman. He's leading this party that's regarded as white uh, and so on. What is it? What is it that is so offensive to this inverted commas black narrative about Musima Mani on the one hand? But can he be effective on the other hand mm-hmm. in that space if he doesn't assume more blackness again in inverted commas? Because uh, he's supposed to appeal to a wider demographic than just white people. Um, can he do that by 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 taking on a lot more blackness, so to speak? You guys are both in the creative agency, in the creative industries. <laughs> uh, but I'm not you're, black. You're so about I'm, engaging, I'm you're about <laughs> engaging audiences. So I'm keen to hear from you about, what, 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 you know, Musi Mamani for me is a practical example of, of this person who. He offends you. No, no, it doesn't offend me. I'm just saying he offends, largely speaking, if you look at the common narrative, he offends the, the, the sense of what it means to be black and proudly black, right? So, and mm. that's why the things when he gets bashed, he gets bashed about, ah, you know, he's a uh, what do they call the the house nigger again? Yeah, yeah, Uncle Tom and yes, so Uncle on. Tom, yeah. Those are the sorts of things that that he gets bashed with. What is it specifically about him? And can he be effective as? Can he be effective as he is as an individual, or does he have to adopt more blackness in order to be more effective? You see what's interesting to me, and, and, and I think it's, it's sort of where my mind is, you know, my mind's like a parachute um, <laughs> yeah. when, when, we, when we're speaking, and, and somewhere it's got to land somewhere. <laughs> and, 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 and I think sort of where my mind is going in the context of the conversation that we're having is that I do believe that there is, there, there is black struggle. I believe in that. Mm-hmm. And I believe that we're still involved in that. And I think a lot of what we've been speaking about is about that. Having said that, I don't think that we should, we should, I, I don't, I don't necessarily believe in the, in the, in the whole concept of black narrative, because for me, black narrative has got a thing to do with future. And, and, and I, and I think that it can be very limiting because, because um, in a lot of ways as well, we, you know, the other side of this is that we've got many examples of, of, you know, of pull me down syndrome, mm-hmm. where, where, you know, where if if one of us starts doing better than than the rest of us, then 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 you ain't being black enough, mm. and 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 I, and I think and I think we've got to be very careful that this black narrative thing doesn't is 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 not a veiled expression for for black mediocrity as well. Um, and, 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 and therefore we've got to give space for people to be individuals. I think that if Musi Maimane were to say things that offend me in terms of, of what I've gone through as a black person and my dignity and all of those things that I can speak to. But in terms of when he speaks his politics, the fact that he's chosen the particular party that he's, he's chosen. I mean, that's, it's important. That's his freedom. That's what all these people died for. Mm. And, and, and I think, and I just think that we've got to make that distinction. And so, so, so for me, if it's about 
dignity, if it's about, for instance, what we're talking about in terms of whether it's dignity in the workplace, it's, it's um, you know, if, if it's about the upliftment of people, making sure that despite the fact that, um, you know, I come from this kind of background, I still have access to opportunities there. I definitely think that, you know, that we can speak of black struggle. And I would be offended if someone, in fact, if someone black or white were to actually disrespect that. Mm-hmm. But I do think that there's the other side of it where we've got to allow people to express themselves and, and to advance themselves in, in whatever field they choose, in whatever political party they choose, because we are not a homo, homogenous group, as I said. It's a double-edged sword, isn't it? It is. It is. Because, because we, we, sp- we spoke earlier about having to leave so much of yourself behind to be part of, to be part of this corporate world and this world that, let's say, has been, has been shaped in the image of white people. Mm-hmm. So you leave a lot of your blackness behind in order to rise. Because because anything that is too black cannot rise in this world. Yeah. You get to the top, and black people say we don't recognize you because you, you don't we, we don't relate to you. You've mm. had to leave so much of who you are behind mm. to get to the top, and now we start to pull you down because you don't recognize we we don't recognize anything you are. And maybe you've also lost a, a lot of. You know, when you've risen to the top, you've gone through all the struggles, you've made it. Then you start. Why can't you guys do the same? So it is a double-edged sword, yeah. and 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 it raises a big question then about so so what does the future of blackness in inverted commas again look like? Uh, because you, in one way, you're damned if you do if you're black. Uh, yeah. but can we think of a single black? Person who carries this this the stereotypical blackness mm. strongly, who has risen to the heights of the corporate world. Ali made it because he just beat everyone up, you know. <laughs> I mean, it's it's easy in those spaces, right? Just yeah. smack people, yeah. and and yeah. and they will and they will respect. They might hate you, but they will respect the fact that you smack people around. But in other contexts where that that is not a liberty. Do we know of a person who's carried their blackness with, with, with intense pride and, and overtly, the way, let's say, an Ali did in the boxing ring, mm. uh, who's managed to rise to the top? Interesting. Look, I, I do know quite a few, and, and I can think of quite a few. You know, I mean, we've got – and it's interesting. Some of the examples I think of definitely in the arts – you know, I think of the Brahus of the world. Mm. I think of, and and but but what's interesting as well is that um, when I think from a corporate point of view, um, for me, it's 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 when someone starts their own thing, you know, mm. and and then and then through that they actually. But if you think of it in the in the formal corporate structures, I agree with you. It's really really hard to think, and that's why I'm saying you know, th- and and the one thing about this is that it is so complex. Mm. And, and, and that's why what irritates me is when people try and simplify it. And what irritates me is when people try and, and, and paint something and then suddenly we've all got to toe that line. Mm. You know, have, have you ever been to something where, where let's, let's, let's say you, you, um, let's say, I'll give you a perfect example. Let's say we're at a rally. Okay. Let's say we're at a rally. And as, as we do, you know, as we do, as we do on a Wednesday morning. And the guy, and the guy that's up there is, is just, just try and picture it this way. And, he, and he's like, you know, we saying down with, with Cliff Central down. And we like down with Cliff Central because, because they made us mad for something. Okay. And then we like, and then we like, it's exactly the same thing that we were saying 
about Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson sucks. Yeah. And then like, what? We're like, well, yeah. And then it's like, yeah. Wait a minute. Hold on a second. Yeah. No, I I agree to the first part, but the second part, I'm I'm kind of not there. You know what I mean? And 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 I promise you, if you look at so much of this kind of, not the black narrative, but the narrative that's just going on, I think it happens a lot. I think it happens a lot, and I think for me, it can stifle our thinking. I think, I think, I think. If, as I said, I think we, if we're talking about our struggle, I hear that, and I, and 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 perhaps it's not it's not as clear cut as that because you know how do you how do you clearly define between struggle and what's going on now? But I promise you, for me, that you you've got to somehow find ways to make these distinctions. We've we, we've just got to. I, I I don't see any other way. And for me. If I almost, you know, as Rory was speaking, I almost think it's about freedom. I think, I think for me, it's about freedom. I think, I think, you know, we're not in chains anymore, but we're in, we're in many different chains and many of those chains still in our heads. Practically, how do we loose ourselves from those chains? This is, so if we think about it on a day-to-day basis, uh, you've got people on Twitter that are telling you how to behave as a black person on opinions. Uh, most of the time, uh, opinions in this country are separated according to black white, right? So we're, we're constantly having to, how do you, how do you physically free yourself and say, you know what? I am taking, I am, I am going to, 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 to take my own stance and my stance just so happens to be counter the narrative that, that, that most of, and, and it's actually, we should be careful not to say most black people. It's, yes. it's the loudest black yes. people, uh, yes. who are then defining this thing. How do you practically, tell us about yourself, Kolisa. How do you practically, uh, free yourself? Or is it, is it, is it a privilege that you can only get at a certain stage? But as you, you know, you, no one can deny that you, you're talented anymore. Mm-hmm. No one can deny that you, you're successful. Um, but when you don't have those things, you know, you're not going to tell me anything if I'm successful. You can say what you want. I'm still living my life. It's like mm. uh, old yeah. Herman Mashaba. Yes, yes. Uh, but but <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, it's like yes. he doesn't. He says whatever he wants. And, hey, you know, mm-hmm. he's still Herman Mashaba. Show mm-hmm. me what you built, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is it is it a, is it a function of of just the higher you go, the more you're able to 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 free yourself, mm-hmm. um, or you know, is it possible to be yourself even at the bottom of the food chain? So you see, you see. <laughs> And such a good point you're making. I, I think you, you you're right because it it comes with access to information, right? And the higher you go, the more access to information you get. Um, you know, you look at it. You you look at the people that led our struggle. You know, these were the guys that that had access to the books. You know, the the the, the O R Tambos and mm. the, and the Nelsons and everybody, and 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 what I find quite interesting is my one of my personal things, for instance is that I'm trying to do my best so that the black child that I get to interact with does not have to go through every single thing that I went through in order to get this level of consciousness. Mm. So something as simple as a, pl- a public platform. You know, I use my public platforms nowadays to, you know, I get, you would know, Andrew. I mean, I've spoken to some of the students that you work with. And one of the conscious things that I've decided for myself is that I use whatever reverence they have for me, whatever respect they have for me, to almost do, I don't know if you remember uh, Street Fighter, but do you remember the, ah, you can? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I literally, ah, you, can. You, I, I literally, ah, you can it back to them. 
<laughs> so for me, what a reference! <laughs> I swear to you, like that—that's become my whole my whole thing right now, because I think that we need to liberate the black child, and for the black child to realize that anything is possible, and it starts in the mind. You know, I just went. You, you know, there's a reason why Americans are the way that they are. And it's taken them so long, and they still have things like BET, mm. and and you know that the mm. thing that they have with the, with the girls that mm. they had the other day with Michelle Obama, etc. So I think that it's going to take a while, but we have to start. And I always believe it starts in the home. It starts in the home. Like, what influence are you having in your family? A perf- another perfect example, and and perhaps this is more for Rory because. You know, you didn't grow up with us. <laughs> but Rory, like something as simple, but, but so interesting, chap, like something as simple as, you know, when we grew up, you, as, as, as an older person, you didn't really relate to your younger brothers or sisters. You know, you know, the, and they, and they were obligated to respecting you. So for the longest time, you know, it took the longest time to have a relationship with my older brothers because we couldn't really relate that way because he was older. It doesn't matter if he's two years older. It doesn't matter if he's 10 years older. And, do you realize how much of that you've got to break down? Because the person that needs you the most in your family is probably that kid who's six years old. Yes, who needs a role who, model. You know what I mean? Mm. Who needs a role model where you've got to start planting that seed now. Mm. So I think that from a legislative point of view, we've got a huge job to do to make sure that people are given freedom to be themselves and to contribute to, to, to the economy of this country from a, from a state point of view to make sure that people are given opportunities, but not only that, that, you know, not only do you give them opportunities, but you actually support their businesses and everything else. But then also in terms of within our own environments and within our own families, I think that we've got a huge job to do to emancipate yourselves, hmm. ourselves from mental <laughs> slavery. <laughs> it's actually what Lois is saying is so true. And, and I see it in the corporate space where, then there's a frustration, right? Because you take that very reverence for, for, for older people. You take it into the workplace and it doesn't serve you in, let's say, a white environment. It, it doesn't serve you because, uh, the guys that make it, they are guys who are able to stand up and say, no, I disagree with you, but this is my opinion. But what do we do? When you come into a white environment, you just see your elders and you just, uh, you continue, you take that culture that you've from got. From a respect perspective. From a respect right? point. Okay. And and then you're seen to not be assertive. So when mm. the performance uh, measurement thing come in once yes. a year, it says it's not assertive. He doesn't speak up and so on. And what that is part of this black, let's say, culture that you've been raised with. So again, then the question is, what do we do? Do we transform the the, the conversation happening inside corporates to be more inclusive of, of the black identity? Or do we transform ourselves as black people to be able to fit into the conversation that is happening within corporates, which, uh, for argument's sake, is 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 built around a white image? And and I think, you know, my view is is actually a bit of both. Bit because, of both. Because because Definitely. we can't in the long term. I can't wait for the corporates to to transform. Right. You mm-hmm. you have to you have to get in there. You have to do to be your best. Absolutely. The, the issue is that you have to leave so much of yourself behind, but can you be conscious about this is what I'm leaving and this is, this is a tactical thing. Mm. And when I get to the top, it is my job to begin to change things. And, and I think maybe one of the things we have to ask is why have our leaders at the top of the, the black leaders that have made it? So we like to speak about how few black leaders have made it to the top and so on. But 
those few, why are they not making the radical changes that we you'd expect them to make? Or is that again expecting too much from a black person who just needs to lead? I think I think I think it's it's I think I'm I'm very wary of that because I know a lot of corporate uh, black people at the top, and they are doing an enormous amount. And I think what we do, and, and, and you know, I don't blame us because, you know, we, we, we sort of impatient, you know, it, it should have happened long ago. But I can promise you now, if if I just were to do like a one for one, if you just look at how one person at the top is able to then, you know, conscientize the rest of the people at the top and suddenly you've got... You've got more people being hired. You've got more people being given opportunities. So what I'm saying is that what I see is that those people at the top, the vast majority that I've definitely met, are making huge changes. The question is, is it enough? Mm-hmm. And that's what we've actually got to answer. Do you feel like you're doing enough as a leader? Because you are a leader as well, right? I, I, I feel like I'm doing a lot. I don't know if it will ever be enough. I don't know if I'll ever think I'm doing enough of anything. <laughs> um but 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 I'm doing a lot and I'm trying to do more every day. And I think for me that's a good start. And that's and you, you know and and I always and I do think it's 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 interesting sometimes because a lot of people spend spend a lot of time criticizing. And there are a lot of assumptions that are made. You know, you're sitting at the top you are cushy and oh, and everything else. Mm. And what people don't understand is that often the person that you're saying that about is doing a lot more than writing a post on Facebook. Mm. You know, and, and I think we've got to <laughs> and, and I think and I think we've got to be respectful of that. Yeah. And and we've got to realize that the, you, that there's such a huge role for each of us to play. How do you deal with criticism from other black people? When they say you're being anti-black, you know, like I mean, your example of Musi Maimani was fantastic, Rory. About he, they scared of Rory and I, they never say. Yeah, might be. They might be. But let me put it another way: Have you ever been? Have you ever had a situation where um, another black person will say, "Yeah, are you being so white now?" Or you're learning something like that feels very white. Um, I don't know. I've never. I, I can't think of anyone having said that to me, um, because you live a you live you live a fuller life, right? So so, if you're known for if you're known for certain things that you say and a certain way that you live, uh, it's difficult for a person to say, ah, but this is why, to, you know. So, I don't personally. I I, I don't really have those uh, those experiences of a person saying you're acting white. But when you were with that political party that you were with, there were a lot of people that were, you know, thinking that you were going against the grain. I was going against the grain, but I wasn't going. It's like saying the EFF is going against the grain of blackness because They're the EFF ANC. was just, yeah. It, uh-huh. it wasn't. It, we were very clear in 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 what we were saying. It wasn't. It was. It wasn't. Uh, we now want to be white, and people will throw these things at you. And I think I think what 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 Kulisa is saying is very important. There is no way that you're not going to get thrown at. You're always if you're going to change a narrative, whatever the narrative is, you're going to upset some people. Mm. And you need to decide what are we what are we going to do and what are you striving towards and then you just do it. There will be one or two people, but hey, just like Ali, right? You if you beat up enough people, so I think what Kulisa is saying is 
the talent, your talent ultimately then speaks for you. Absolutely. At a certain level, your Absolutely. talent begins to speak for you. Then it doesn't matter if they don't like you. You mm. become indispensable, mm. right? And, and the question is, how do we marry a lot more of who we are with what we do so that it becomes appreciated that if we, if we take Rory but we, we force him to leave a part of himself out, we're going to lose out on this. Mm. But there does come a point where your talent begins to speak for you and it's not because you're black. It's not because it's because Absolutely. you're an individual, you're smart and you're able to deliver. In fact, you are, you, I think you're, you're privileged if you're a black person working in a lot of these environments because your world is so much bigger. Your point of reference tends to be a lot bigger than the white people sitting around you. That, uh, you, that's an hour of, of craziness, um, and, and insights that, that I, I did, feel like I've been. Did you get what you wanted? You, you put, you put black people <laughs> in a fishbowl here. <laughs> what exactly did you want I to achieve about, by the show? And words, have you achieved, yeah, I said about five yeah words you put us in a fishbowl <laughs> and then you watched like, yeah. No, no, Rory. <laughs> I think it's interesting because <clears throat> coming into the show, Rory, you know, you and I were both a little bit confused as to where this was going to go, but watching all of us throughout the show, it started to build. There's a yeah. whole bunch of issues that we need to address and that we're not addressing because no one wants to speak about it. So yes, we've probably touched the surface. We probably need to have five more of these shows. Absolutely. Um, but I think the point is it's a start. It's somewhere. Clarissa, I, I really appreciate you leading this and I know it's uh, you as an individual leading this, but it's, it's fascinating to me, your thoughts and your, your views. Where can people find you on, on social media? I see you Snapchatting away here. <laughs> um, they can find me on Snapchat. Uh, Klolisa Jeshana, which is Klolisa, X-O-L-I-S-A, Jeshana, D-Y-E-S-H-A-N-A. And it's the same on uh, Twitter, at Klolisa Jeshana, and it's the same on Insta. I do want to say something as we wrap up. Um, you know, you know, they asked, I'm sure, I don't know if, if anyone hasn't seen this documentary, please go and see it. It's the new, um, it's the latest Nina Simone one that was done uh, by Netflix. Yes, yeah. And they, and they, and they said to her, you know, they, they pretty much asked her, what, what is life about for you? Like, if you, what's the one thing that you want? Because she was so rebellious and, 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 you know, well, rebellious in inverted commas. <laughs> um, and, and, and she just said, freedom, freedom, that's it. Just freedom. And, and, and I think for me, that's what this is about. This is just about freedom. It's freedom to, to, to be an individual. It's freedom to have a background, freedom to have a place from whence you come, but to have limitless possibilities in terms of where you can go. Mm -hmm. And that for me is the biggest thing. We cannot and we should never use this blackness thing to limit people. Right. I think that's a, that's a great way to, to, to end it. Yeah. Uh, so, so as we wrap up, go out there and be yourself. Free the black man. Free the black child. Amandla. And, and so on and so forth. Free yourself. Uh, we will chat, we will chat again next week. Uh, Andrew, I hope that you've, you've come to understand something about the black narrative after this conversation. Uh, if you haven't, and if you're still confused, you know where to find us on Twitter. Uh, we didn't even social, talk about on, that. On eh? Facebook and so, uh, and WeChat. What's your, what's your Twitter? Rory, at Rory Shabalala. Okay. If you don't know how to spell Shabalala by now, I. <laughs> No, I, I, ha I have to send a shout out I, I think the most valuable contributions today Definitely came from Shaka Sisuli Thanks Shaka <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys uh, We'll see you again next week uh, Follow us on uh, 
on the, or the website www.cliffcentral.com forward slash frankly speaking for more of these kind of conversations. Ciao, ciao. This is cliffcentral.com.